you and I had a couple of conversations when I was in that role and you sort of know the things we talked about, the frustrations and, and how I was feeling mentally and what to do next and you know where to go. And then again, probably a little bit of a sliding doors moment, really. If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So today I'm talking to a great guy, Neil Whitbread. Now, Neil and I have known each other for a few years now, but um, uh, we never actually knew each other in the job. We met at a networking event uh, a little while back and Neil is an investigations, intelligence and risk advisory specialist uh, working within the football industry. Uh, But when we met uh, a couple of years back, it was just at the point that he was leaving policing and he really didn't have any idea as to what he was going to do. And he was a little bit lost. And we had numerous conversations over the past uh, couple of years. And uh, it's just so good to see where he was at that point and what he's doing now. Uh, I promise you, you're going to get a lot from this. It's a really inspirational story and um, he's got loads to talk about. Let's go over to Neil now. Hi, Neil. Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to be interviewed on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. We've known each other a while and I've been dying to get you on here for a little while, but you've got <laughs> such a great story to tell now. So uh, absolute pleasure to have you here and thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed. No, great, great to be invited, Andy. Always good to chat with you, know that. Thanks, mate. That's kind of you. So should we do uh, quick introductions? We'll talk about um, uh, basically where you came from and then we'll move on to your, obviously your policing career and where you've moved on to from that point and uh, some, hopefully some, some really good pointers and guidance for people listening as well. So um, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you're up to currently? Yeah, so so my current role, I'm, I'm with uh, Silver Seal. They're a, uh, an international security and investigations consultancy, US um, company, but, but with global kind of reach. Uh, so my role there is an investigations intelligence manager, so managing investigation projects, um both uk europe and 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 further afield now uh but within that role one of my core responsibilities has been developing a a project in professional football where we look at conducting due diligence around um player primarily player recruitment with football clubs Uh, um there's a few other different aspects that we we also look at and we're kind of diversifying a little bit into slightly different areas but that's kind of really it in a nutshell Uh, and as you know i've also got my own business blue cube uh, resource Solutions, which is a recruitment consultancy for people like us, you know, people Incredible. with you know transferable skills. Um, yeah. You know, those kind of niche areas that I I, I know about around investigation, risk, compliance, etc. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks for that. Now it's a really great introduction, and um, the role is so exciting. And 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 obviously, you and I have spoken a few times, and we know you know where you came from in terms of how you felt towards the end of your service so could you just give us an idea on what it was that you were doing in the job and um and, sure. and actually probably pre-job as well because uh, you mentioned earlier yeah the staff as well. uh I, so i i joined the met at 16 years of age as a as a civilian member of staff uh back in the the 80s when unemployment was high and everyone was panicking about getting a job i you know i that's kind of fell into place for me there so i had 11 years uh, as a civilian, worked in different roles, um, information room as a CAD operator, personnel department, a few other kind of admin type roles. And, and then I ended up in kind of a junior management role working out at uh, Edmonton Police Station in northeast London. It's the first time I'd moved away from sort of central headquarters work with the Met. Um, total change of culture, total change of, of working ideas, you know, and people. 
And because uh, I played football, I played football with with the guys, you know, that were on the relief or in the CID, you know, they they were saying to me at 24 years of age, why why are you sitting in an office doing the admin stuff? Why, why aren't you a police officer like us? And and that's where the seed kind of got sown to look at that change of career. And mm. and um, you know, I went that that route, and it was it was the best thing I best decision I've probably ever made as far as career goes. Um, Wow. You know, joined in '95, and um, I had a great career. 23, just over 23 years, because I had the pension that I brought in, and um, you know, had my high moments and low moments as we all do. But looking back, you know, it, I, I loved it. You know, it was it was the best decision I ever made to do that. And uh, most of my career, as you know, was in within CID investigation, and then you know, moving on to specialist units as as I progressed and. Um, and, you know, doing anything from being a chis handler to you know managing you know NCA spring garden type intel products you know that highest kind of level of intelligence to make operational decisions mm-hmm. um and you know my last eight years was on a confidential unit so as a surveillance operative uh with that dual role as being an investigator so you know lots of long hours lots of um spontaneous deployments here there and everywhere up and down the country um again great great role of, and thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it but you know it's like all of us it's only sustainable for a, for a certain while and uh mm-hmm. i think towards the end it, it was realization that that my time was right for me to to take to make that move out of policing yeah so did you pick up many courses and you know was there much that you picked up along the way in terms of either qualifications or anything like that at all <laughs> Not as many as I, I should have, and not many as I, I, I would have liked. Um, you, you and I both know it's not always easy to to just go, oh, I want to do that course because there's there's always budgetary reasons why they won't send you on certain courses in policing and and or you you'll get your manager that doesn't want to lose you for four or six weeks. So um I I, I did my PIP2 accreditation quite early on in my service as a as a detective. Uh did my and we used to do the old six week CID course at Hendon. Um, I'm sure that doesn't happen now. Like most things, no, exactly, yeah, it's all yeah. it's all changed. She's uh, had she's had this course, uh, surveillance course, driving courses, um, and in my my last couple of years, when I knew that 2018 was a year that I potentially could come out, I, I you know I sought, sought advice for people that were out you know in the outside world, and one of one of my good contacts, Simon Markham, is an ex. Um, He's an ex-Met analyst, and Simon Hypezali used to go to school, school together. He now works for BT in investigations, and and he said to me, he said, "Get yourself financial crime trained or cyber crime trained." If I'm being honest, neither of those are my kind of you know thing. Um, but again, you know, I was on a unit; they were, they were never going to send me on a cyber crime investigation course. Uh, financial crime courses—they're very hard to come come by, and I, I did look at trying to make a, a sideways move onto the proactive money laundering team but we we're in the middle of the what was then the i think it's the proactive policing or covert policing review in the man no one was going anywhere it there's the there's that you know big shortage of detectives so no one was being allowed to move on to to different units so so that was my time but though there's a, there's an example of someone giving you advice you know look you know get to get those kind of skills because they're they're the skills that are really going to be desirable when you look to come out of your policing career. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think we all have those conversations, don't we? We sort of, particularly with those who have moved on and, um, and maybe doing new things, but, um, um, so as you were coming towards the end of your service, then Neil, how did you start to feel and, and 
what was the tipping point in terms of deciding that that was the right time to go? Um, probably no different to a lot of us. I, I'd gone through some traumatic uh, kind of scenarios in, in my in the years leading up to I'd, I'd gone through a divorce and I was still negotiating my way around how to manage that and my relationship with with three children. Um, I mean, they're all you know sort of sixteen and above now, so you know things have moved on, but they they were a lot younger and that, that was different difficult for me to manage with my ex-wife and mm. and everything that kind of goes with that um I, I met a new partner and again a new relationship and you know katie my partner she 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 always struggled with the, the the kind of working hours i was doing and the fact that she couldn't guarantee when i was going to be home for dinner or anything like that and mm. so we we had that but then i the, the christmas before 2017 i lost my mum very suddenly to cancer literally within within a five-week period oh my God. and um so, so 2018 was always going to be a little bit of a tipping point because i knew i could leave leave the met um but with that going on i think that kind of focused me a little bit more to sort of think do you know what i think it's it's really the right time uh put things into into context a lot more about my personal life um my dad you know, still around, so he was going to need looking after, and it was like, do you know what? I think it's the right time. So, so May, June, twenty eighteen. That that was it. Decision made. Um, but I kind of I didn't prepare for it, Andy. I didn't have a plan. Um, and I think I think there's kind of three different people when you look at leaving policing. There's those that can leave with a retirement, a pension, and, and just want to put their feet up and go and play golf and do whatever they want to do, and that's great if you can do that, and that's what you want. There's those that that have a plan and, and really plan for it, maybe five five years leading up, as you said, maybe get courses, get themselves into certain roles that they can then lead leads them into into the the outside corporate world. And then there's people like me that, that just have, have got skills and it and, and experience and expertise, but don't really have an idea of what's going on out in, in the outside world, not sure how to apply themselves. And and that was very much me. And I remember um I applied for a couple of jobs. So I got to second stage uh, kind of proceedings. One one was a video questionnaire. Uh, I'd never done anything like that. I'd, anything mm. I'd done was was in the Met was you know, application, um, you know, a board presentation. So that was alien to me. Uh, the second one was I think a case scenario, and you know that that I think I think my response was okay, but just someone else, you know, probably better qualified got the job. And I remember getting quite anxious. And this was only probably within a month after I'd left. I'm thinking, oh no, okay, I, I'm not prepared for this. I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get a bit worried about where I'm going to go next because I needed to work. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm lucky. I've got a police pension, but I said I three younger children. One was at uni. The next one was due to go to uni. Got a mortgage with my new partner. You know, all those kind of financial implications that that everyone, you know, most of us have. Um, and I was still young enough. I wasn't. I wasn't kind of sixty-five where I was still. You know what? I can now start winding down. So I, I took my foot off the gas for for two months. I sort of said, like, you know, I had a chat with Katie, and, and we both agreed, look, let's just step, take a step back. Let's enjoy a little bit of time off. Have a couple of holidays. Uh, we got a dog, <laughs> which was became more stressful than I ever thought it was going to be. But blessing, he's okay now. Um, and um, I just. I, eventually, I took a little, just a, a bit of casual driving work at Stansted Airport, which is up the road from me, and that was quite nice because it there was no stress. Um, you know, nicely, you know, you you're interacting with the public again, which I was always, you know, was that's our skills in, in emergency services or 
that kind of military background, whatever, you know, we're, we're used to engaging with people. So that was nice, but it's nice because there, there was no confrontation. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you generally you're meeting nice people coming to or from holidays, mm-hmm. but it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't, it wasn't going to be enough for me um, from a, a mindset, a mental kind of capability. Uh, and, you know, you're thinking, well, I've, I've got these skills. I, 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 very soon, if I don't apply myself into something different, I'm going to lose those. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be relevant to the marketplace anymore. So um, that was when I, I started up the business Blue Cube. Um, I've got two two friends who are in recruitment, um, did very much similar thing. They came from totally different backgrounds, but they, they never worked in recruitment. And they, they kind of put the seed into my head that, you know, you, you've got this expertise. Why don't you look at, at using it to try and find roles for people? And initially I was like, uh, well, I've never done recruitment. I know nothing about recruitment. This is this is a, a complete kind of outside my comfort zone. But they kind of reassured me and said, well, yeah, people will buy into you because of, of you. You know, the fact that you can talk about these kind of roles because you'll have knowledge. And so this is you know, specifically knowledge. targeted towards cops. Sorry to interrupt, Neil, but that was predominantly, or predominantly targeted towards cops, was it? Initially, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I saw the big sea change in, in policing where all of a sudden people were coming back into the civilian roles. In, in policing, whether it's uh, you know re- retired cops coming into, for example, civilian investigators' roles, and, and I could see that was going going that way. That was my my initial thought process, but th- I, I very quickly realised there's some big players out there that have kind of got those contracts already in policing, and, and I saw there was a more valuable and a more interesting market in looking at corporate, not non-policing type kind of roles, so corporate businesses mm-hmm. and and so forth, but. Again, I mean, this is where where you and I we we came across each other at a networking event, didn't we? When I, you know, my early days, um, it's not as easy as it always seems, and certainly um, re- recruitment is a very tough industry, and and you know, I I struggled initially um, around how to how to kind of make inroads with with, with um, clients. Um, it's a very competitive marketplace, and you know. I, you know, I had a lot. I, I won't lie. I had some low moments. I had some very low. You know, we had conversations, didn't we? That times I'm thinking, where, where am, is this the right move? Have I made the right decision? And of course, then we went into lockdown, COVID. And at, at the time, I sort of realised that it was going to take longer for me to to build the business up than than I'd I'd originally kind of thought. So I took a role with a local authority out here in Essex, uh, doing planning enforcement in, investigation. Um, Again, it was a frustrating role for me, um, and I, I'm not going to I'm not going to be stereotypical and say don't don't ever do it just because I didn't enjoy it because I know some of our people in the group have gone on to those kind of roles and mm. and it will suit some people, you know different different you know it's all horses for courses. It didn't suit me. I found it quite frustrating the lack of traction. Um, you know, it, local authorities, policing, public service, you have to kind of stomach that that it, things don't always move quickly. Uh, and for me, I just found that a bit frustrating. So, you know, you and I had a couple of conversations when when I was in that role, and you you, you sort of know know the, the the things we talked about, the frustrations, and and how I was feeling mm-hmm. um, mentally, and what to do next, and um, you know where to go. Um, and then I was again probably a little bit of a sliding doors moment. Really, John, I bumped into John Reynolds, who's uh, a former colleague of mine. John John had finished, I think, as a a DI in the Met, and John had made a jump to working with Aspers at uh, Westfield in casino security, and then been headhunted to work with Silversill. Um, and we we kind of kept in touch, and we had a, a you know catch up talking about 
potentially helping him with developing investigation capability in the UK and, and Europe with, with Silver Seal, and then uh, talking about football. And you know, he just said to it's off the cuff kind of comment, really. Well, wonder what 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 does football do around recruitment when it looks to conducting investigations and stuff? And he didn't realise my brother is an ex ex professional, so bizarrely. Uh, so I I've got an insight and I've got some leads into the game. So that's kind of yeah. where things really took off from probably going back eighteen months ago, but officially from the start of last year. So moving into into Silver Seal and developing the football aspect from there. Yeah, we'll come into that in a bit more detail if that's all right in a minute. But um I mean that's incredible really. And obviously we have those conversations as you say and, mm-hmm. and it was it's fair to say I think you were pretty lost, weren't you? But um um yeah. and you were sort of dipping your toes into into lots of different things and and none of them really were a great fit for you. Um yeah, absolutely. But what do you think was missing in terms of um what you needed does that make sense so in terms of you know yeah. being a motivator for you you obviously had these little jobs here and there and obviously with the council and these these and obviously driving and that sort of stuff but but what were you missing what was it that you eventually the penny dropped and you thought i need this in my working life i i, th- I think i think it was a lack of focus um and, and a lack of knowledge potentially as i said i mean when i when I came out in 2018, to me, an investigator was a detective or someone working in law enforcement. I, I had no idea of the kind of roles that were out there that people can transition into. And I think that that's a common theme with people in the group we hear, you know, the, the frustration, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost you pigeon, pigeonhole yourself in, oh, I'm just a cop or oh, I'm in this role. Yeah, I, I don't know what I can do outside. Mm. And a big learning curve for me, I mean, I, I've had the re- the, the the exposure in in recruitment so that that's been a big a big kind of learning curve for me learning about the different roles that are out there um the different opportunities and 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 there there's there's so many i mean i mean you've only got to see the the roles that get shared on the on the facebook page haven't you? you know they're so diverse from you know dri- driving a train to to safeguarding for a for a local or charity to yeah. corporate investigation i mean there's there's so you know there's there's, there's dozens more um, so I lacked knowledge, I lacked focus, um, and and I think sometimes, you know, you just got to be a little bit lucky being in the right place at the right time uh, for me. I mean, I, I, the business was, was a challenge, I mean, it still is a challenge. I mean, we're doing, you know, re- quite well now. We've really kind of progressed, progressed quite well with different clients and different roles, but in the early days, it was something completely out of my comfort zone that I... I struggled mentally. I struggled with the challenge of, I suppose, with that particular role is, you know, a lot of time you, you're almost picking the phone or cold calling people. You, you become the salesman. And and if I'm being honest, that's not not quite me. Um, so bizarrely, people say to me, we should be, you, you're okay, you're comfortable talking to people, you're a very good communicator, you know, you run informants, that was the same, you're recruiting informants. But it's, it's kind of different because you get, you're in your, that bubble of policing where you're comfortable in your environment and and i think that's that's always the challenge when when we suddenly change our environment when we've been so used to something for so long some of us are very good at it and and you know can can adapt very quickly others it, it's a it's a it's a hurdle or it's a challenge and some 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 can't um mm. you know I, i'm sure you i mean we've both we've both made you know, observations sometimes about people that make comments on the group 
sometimes people can't leave policing behind and those attitudes yeah. and those those that character you've got to be i think uh, adaptable and flexible you've got to be open to the fact that it's a changing world out there now it's not the world that we worked in, in in policing five 10 15 years ago there's lots of different issues um but i think I think with, you know, Silverstone, I mean, this, this just fell into place for me. I suppose I was just lucky to be the right place at the right time and, and now working in, a, in an area that, you know, is fascinating for me because I've got the interest of a football, professional football, elite sport and in, and investigation. So it's kind of two things that I can talk about and I, I've got good knowledge about. Um, and, you know, and, you know, I've moved on to different things. All of a sudden, I'm now doing presentations and webinars. And then and 12 months ago, if you'd said that, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, well, you know, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's it's it just leads on to different things and i think you know i see i see the comments on on the blue light leavers group you know sometimes with people and they're sort of thinking oh oh well if i go into that role look you never know what that role might lead to mm. uh and, and i think you know some advice i always give people is don't think you can just automatically jump into a middle tier role you know don't don't make that that kind of have that arrogance to think, oh, just because I was this, I was that, I can go and get that role. Some people do, and they're very lucky that they can do that. Sometimes you kind of got to almost take a step down or step back to to get yourself established to make that that move back up the ladder. And Definitely. I think I think that's that, that's very common. I think you know that, yeah. that would be advice I give anyone really. Yeah, and no, I agree. And I think, you know, I talk about this one, do transition training, but it's um, humility is actually probably the, mm. the single most important behavior. I think having that humility to be able to yeah. you know, join a new organization. And I don't mean, you know, not everyone who goes for a role has to go for a role that is potentially uh, beneath them in terms of their salary or, or their skill set. Um, but you want to go somewhere at whatever level you go in and be humble to the fact that, yeah, you've got skills and experience in, in something else. But actually being able to show those and show your worth and get recognized for doing a really good job. And you, you know, the, for the vast majority of us, that amazing work ethic that we have, we stay there until the job's done. All those sort of things are so, so important. The way we communicate with people, the way we manage expectations. Yeah. Um, all of that sort of stuff is, is really important, but actually that having that degree of humility to go, I know I'll come with a skill set, but I've got a clue what I'm doing here. So I need to rely on you and you need to help me to, to get through this is so, so important. Yeah, it's funny. Before before we we were going to speak today, humility was one word I was going to make sure I got into right. into our chat because you know it is you know if you if you if you can show that little bit of humility and and it, and recognise it, yeah, you know I've got skills and experience, but don't don't think that you know just because you you're an ex cop, everyone's going to embrace you and, and go out. You know, you're, listen, you're wonderful. Um, I mean, you know the the local authority role. If I'm being honest, I. And it's not me being arrogant. I was I was overqualified in in a lot of aspects for for that particular role. Not so much in the legislation because I still I still struggle to understand what, what the difference is around pl- planning applications and God knows what else. But yeah. but in, in relation to my skill set about being able to communicate, being able to speak to people, to be to be able to to rationally analyze the scenario and and give solutions. Um, you know, quite often. I mean, I, I remember the first couple of days I, I I got given a load of historic cases and I've got. And I think, well, okay, well, I've got to speak to someone. Let's pick up the phone. And they're looking at me, well, what, you're going to speak to someone? Well, yeah, you know, that's that's what we do, isn't it? You know, mm. speak to someone, get, 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 get. And they, they look to me a little bit alien. And and the same is, you know, if I was, um, if I used my phone or or, or stayed after five o'clock, it's, what are you doing there? But that that is our work ethic, isn't it? That's mm. us 24-7 policing. You know, work. the job doesn't stop at five o'clock. Mm. Um, but, 
I think probably you've you've got to you've got to got to make that that assessment of not continuing to be like that all the time because if not it just ruins your mental health. Yeah, you know, we've, that's that's another that's another topic you've covered. You know, countless times in in your, your podcast and, and talking with people, there's there has to be that separation. Sometimes, you know, the job needs to finish because otherwise, yeah. you you know, and I, and I used to do it. I used to do it. You know, on my on my last posting, I'd be working to all hours because yeah. I you know enjoyed it. I wanted to make sure the job was done properly. Getting getting home at two three in the morning and getting back up at eight to to, to deploy because the you know the guy that was supposed to pick up the gun last night is now going to go and do it at nine o'clock this morning. And yeah. you know and it's crazy when you look back to think how we work like that. Yeah. But that—that's—that's that's the nature of the of the beast of policing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's like I say, if you take that work ethic, not working all hours, but if you take the work ethic into uh, a new career outside with that degree of humility, um, it really makes an impact. And I actually, you know, I, I talk to people about being humble during interview as well. Mm. And actually say that, you know, yeah, I've got these skills and I know I can bring this to the organisation, but actually I see this as an amazing learning opportunity and actually to build on the skill set that I've got. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and actually I'm really excited about this opportunity and it just brings it, it's a completely different level then, completely different level. And you're going in there as a, re- and it's a really nice human touch, a real nice human aspect. But um, we're right just to dive back a little bit because there's a couple of bits I'd really like to cover. Um, and actually one of them, you, you sort of touched on it, but I want to dive a little bit deeper, if that's all right, around the roles that you were looking for itself. What did you as a human being, you as a person, what was it that was missing for you in those relatively straightforward roles that you were doing where you felt that you needed something else to do? Or, or to was it, was it, were you lacking that sort of sense of fulfillment or that making a difference? Or what was it? What was it that was missing for you? Um, so you wanted to drive that little bit deeper into getting a new role. I, I think I think I just looked to myself. I, you know, I, I, I'm the world's worst for self analysis. I think it's a great um, kind of skill and attribute. Um, so I'm, I'm about to be jumped on by a cat. <laughs> I thought we did the dogs for the day. No, no, they wouldn't bark, and now I've got the cats in the house. Oh, brilliant! Um, it, it's it's yes so being self-critical and 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 i think i think i just looked at it i thought you know what i i had a i had a good career as a detective you know i i know i was well thought of but but sorry i get the cat's tail out of the way um, it doesn't matter by, so it's by, by most, most of most of people you know because i was sought after to go on teams i you know people respected me and knew my work ethic and knew my value and you know how i worked and i i, I had all of that and yet when i came out of policing all of a sudden i had no clue how to how to utilize it I, I had no kind of guidance i had no one sort of you know just yeah i had people i'd spoke to and i trusted and but i had really no direction i you know i i, you know, I was sat there i literally i was sitting there thinking you know i had a cv and if you look at, if you look back to the cv i kind of had written i had a little bit of guidance on it back in 2018 so the one that i now have through charlotte you know because obviously you record recommend they're like chalk and cheese they're, they're literally like chalk and cheese and and but i i just had no kind of knowledge about i'm going to interrupt to, here yeah. i'm going to interrupt here because i just think it it's more about you know i'm really interested to to mm. really drill down into the the personal aspect 
And was it salary that was driving you to do something different? Or because you, you could have coasted, you could have continued with the driving mm. job, you could have continued in the council. Yeah. But there was yeah. you were missing that fulfillment. And and I know a lot of people yeah. feel the same. And I, I know mm. I'll keep harping on about this, but it will really I, resonate with a lot of people, I think, if we if we I, sort of go down into what it was that you felt you're actually missing, not knowledge, not skills or anything like that. So yeah. but that, that human bit. What was the thing that was missing from those average roles, if you like, that you just you know that you just dive into, don't no problems, that you needed something else? I, I think I think really when I look at it, look at it, you know, I had that aspiration. Um, well, I say that's right. I, I fell into the CID by accident, but I won't I won't go into that. But I I had a, I had a good careers in the sector. So investigation is my niche skill area. That's that's what I'm, I know I'm good at. And I just I just didn't feel I was I was using what I'd learned. Right. You know, in, in, in 20 years, you know, I, I picked up all these skills. And, and again, very, you know, going back to those early days and kind of going back a little bit recycling, I, st- I just didn't know how to apply myself. I didn't know how to make that transition and how to sell myself, where to put myself. Mm. And I knew, and, and that was part of the frustration then, is that you're sitting mm. there thinking, I'm I'm better than this. And, and, mm. and again, I don't want to come across arrogant because that's not mm. me, but it's, no, no, it's, it, it's, it's knowing, do you know what I I am a good investigator. I, I have got good skills. I have got good experience. And if I'm being honest, I'll probably start looking. I mean, LinkedIn is a, is a valuable resource and I use it, you know, religiously. For And I always say to people, make sure you've got a good LinkedIn profile, well-written, well-presented. You start looking at people that have kind of been in your position in roles and you look at them and, and some, I, I, I've got great concepts, same as you have great contacts are in fantastic roles you think how did they get that yeah and, and what, why is it they've got that they're in that role and i'm not in that role there's a, there's a little bit of that you sort of think but how how did well, they do different yeah. yeah 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 and 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 sometimes you know i won't lie to sometimes you look at people and maybe people you know personally or or you you've got that line you're looking at their background and there's a little bit of thinking hmm, <laughs> how did they achieve that then because mm. you know they're not they're not maybe what you think they are and I've seen that, I suppose, maybe through through more through recruitment around CVs and, you know, listen, we all, we, 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 we want to sell ourselves, but don't, you know, there's, I think there's probably like any industry, there's a few probably maybe charlatans out there that, and, and it's just, I think it's just, you look at that and you think, well, I can do that, mm. but it's knowing how to. How to. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Thanks. And sorry to harp on, but I really want to dive down into no, the, sure. what was it about your career that you felt was missing? So you've nailed it, mate. Thank you for that. That's really helpful. With um, with Blue Cube and the recruitment aspect, um, what were and what are the common mistakes that you still see from uh, whether it's CVs or applicants, whatever it might be? What do you see that, that are common errors? Okay, we'll start, let's start with CVs. Um, poorly written CVs. I, I know that sounds obvious, but it, it really is poorly written. If you are going to put yourself out there in the marketplace, spend £150 and get your CV written by a professional. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that's Charlotte or someone similar to Charlotte, to me, it's a small, tiny investment if you want to go and get that career, you know, a salary of, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 pounds and above. It's a small, tiny investment yeah, to get yourself pre- presenting yourself, and and I think the beauty around Charlotte is that what you know when we both know Charlotte, and you you recommended you know her to, to me back in the day, mm. is that Charlotte isn't from a policing background or from a so 
she can look at it differently. There, there are other people out there we both know that do mm. do CVs, and and you know some of them are great, you know, good, yeah. they're fine. But uh, you know, her, Charlotte's CVs stand out for me, you know, from from a personal perspective because you know she she has an understanding of our world or the worlds we come from, but she can put it into a different context and a different presentation, and yeah. and um, yeah, you know, get your CV done properly. Um, I see. And if I'm honest, I try and help people. If, if you know, if I come across people with a CV that come from our background, I will try and help them. If I, if I can think, if I think it's it's a worthwhile project. Mm. Don't get me wrong. I see I see some CVs where people quite clearly have just been lazy and and just not put invested in it. And I'm thinking, well, why are you even bothering? Because no one, nobody, nobody gives you anything for nothing, do they? You know, it's mm. you've got to show a bit of willing. Um, so CVs, LinkedIn profiles. Um, I know there's a there's a there's it's probably a bit of debate about particularly when you're in a, a policing role about whether you should have a or how your LinkedIn profile should work, should look. So certainly for me, I was I was performing a, a confidential covert role, so I never had a proper LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm out of that world. I'm quite happy to have that. Business will look on on for you on LinkedIn. Businesses will look for you not only just headhunting you. But they also will look at you if you put an application in. They're going to go straight away. Look, you know, Neil with bread supplied. Okay, is he on LinkedIn? Oh, yes, he is. Let's let's have a little look. Does he? You know, let's have a look. Does the CV marry up? What's his background? What's he commenting on? What's he posted? Mm-hmm. You know, same as same as any kind of social media. So, CV and LinkedIn, I think, are critical areas mm-hmm. that if you want to be serious about, uh, you know, putting yourself out there for for good roles it's a given you've got they've both got to be spot on in my my view yeah no i agree and you've got to invest in yourself haven't you it's um and same with with courses and stuff as well you know it's um i talk to a lot of people around uh courses post-policing and and as you know obviously i invested in myself an awful lot and you know thousands but i've got it back tenfold you know, as a result of, of investing in a few courses. So so for the sake of 150, 250 quid for you know for both, it's it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, we we've had these conversations about courses, and we've seen it around prints too, because I've, mm. I've I've mm. I've kind of thought thought about that was something else you're uh, thinking about one stage. <laughs> <laughs> well it, I, I mean I you know I, I think you know I, I was one of those people I was kind of thinking, well it, I wasn't too sure at one point where my career was going, which direction post-policing. I and mean, yeah. there's so many different things you can go and we we had these chats, didn't we? You can spend a fortune on courses, but you've got to, you've got to look at well, what what where's my focus? What do I need to be focused on? What what's relevant? What's going to help me? Um, yes, uh, corporate industry is going to look at you and sort of look at well, well what continued professional development have you done? Mm-hmm. Um, because just just when I, I did a I did an advanced driving course in 1998, no one's interested. You know, the best one unless it's unless it's something that's relevant for the role they're not interested you know Absolutely. you know what, what what they're interested in is what 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 kind of courses or what things have they done that is relevant to the role they are applying for yeah. um and and again you know i i give advice i have conversations like you with people and i say look you know if you're looking to go in a particular area so for example i mean security and risk management you know look at look at those kind of courses i know you know fraser's on a good associate with you you know and i yeah. know fraser's he's more in that security world yeah if, you, if you're going to go in that kind of world look at what what might be the relevant courses for me to to get my opportunity that's going to is going to is going to be a requisite and and also use the group speak to people that are in those roles and, and, yeah. and understand what they've done to to get to where they are yeah no 100 i think um the other part of that as well is that no, we had this conversation as well. It was it was look, is 
is that job, is a project manager role, are you going to enjoy it? Is it going to motivate you? Is it going to get you up in the morning? Is it the sort of stuff that you want to do? And is it really using your skill set that you've got that you want to, like we said earlier about that, you know, amazing career as a detective and all the, you know, the uh, informant handling and all the sort of things that you're involved in, some really, you know, secret squirrel stuff. And um, that's the stuff that you enjoy doing most. Yes, you got you could definitely move into project management, but is it stuff that's really going to motivate you and get you up in the morning and fire you up? And is it worth that investment? And it probably wasn't. And so we had that honest conversation, didn't we? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's not so I've ruled out. I mean, I, if I if I look now, I mean, I you know, funny when you said to me, if someone said to me project manager when I first came out policing, I, I, I just think, oh, that's a senior manager, but it isn't necessarily no, because I, 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 I ran operations, I developed operations, I ran investigations, and that's all project managing. Mm-hmm. You know, running, I'm managing the team. I'm leading the surveillance team. I'm 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 calling on, you know, armed support and 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 all those kind of stuff. It's it's as managing a project, and and particularly, I suppose, in the last eighteen months now, working with Silver Cell, I've project managed the the football investigation. Without a doubt, that, yeah. You know, yeah. so I'm doing that. The only thing I probably sort of sometimes look at, well, maybe would would having a prince to course under my belt would would that give me some some different skills that maybe i could add to what i'm doing i think yes yeah. it probably would yeah um has it been critical i haven't got it no it hasn't because yeah. i i suppose I've, i'm one of those kind of people i'm able to to adapt and, and learn uh, mm. and we do we learn we learn on the job don't we that's mm. our nature of our you know we go into different roles we adapt ourselves mm. so it hasn't it hasn't been a critical loss for me in in, in that particular aspect um mm. but um but yeah i mean there's there's, there's, there's there's courses out, and, and uh, yeah, people say oh, it's a cost. You know, am I going to get my return on that? You've got to make that assessment. Is is it worth the investment? And am I going to get any return on that investment? And again, if you're not sure, speak to people, ask mm. someone. Mm. Yeah, nice one. Um, let's talk about Seal Seal, and obviously, um, the you've, you've spoken about the conversation you had with John, who, who sort of in, introduced you to the company, if you like. And yeah. um, um, can we talk about? how that role came about um in a bit more detail obviously we spoke about your brother and everything else but it'd be it'd be great to know how it was um identified that you were a really good fit for that role and what the application process was so uh i, I was there i was head on i didn't actually do any formal application process with john so it's it's great. at the moment at the moment it's a rolling consultancy role um so it's good for me because it, it gives me a little bit of flexibility to still do stuff around blue cube Mm-hmm. um but but you know john and i i mean i i went away I, I, how we went john and i had a conversation we talked about it i said look let me go and speak to my brother speak to people in football that i know through my brother and we, that's where we kind of identified but you know what there's there there is a potential opportunity here and it, and it really it's building it from there so you know we then secured the contract to, to come on board with silver seal um and it and it's 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 kind of gone from literally starting from nothing to to now where we're now working with Premier League clubs, where you know I'm getting invited or asked to go and present on different kind of um, webinar webinars or you know, you know organisations like the Football Association, UEFA. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm two weeks time. I'm doing one with um, I can never remember what they're actually officially called. But it's, it, it's, in simple terms, it's it's a, like an, a, a university academy in Spain that's affiliated to Real Madrid. So as as a result of someone viewing a webinar I did contacted me and said like you know I'd, I'd really love your presentation talking about what you're doing and your background and everything i'm doing this course this football or sports business course in spain i think you'd be really good to come and present 
as an educational piece. Wow. So, you know, we can, you know, that's, that's kind of led to that. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm so, I, I, I've, I've had to learn from scratch how to, you know, present pitch deck or, or even compile a pitch deck. You know, I never knew anything about that. I mean, I've done PowerPoint presentations in the job where, you know, you're doing your operational briefing, but I never had to kind of almost do that business thing of, okay, so this is what we've got. What's our strategy? How are we going to go about doing this? How do we present? Um, you know, now, you know, presenting to, to CEOs and, and heads of recruitment at elite football clubs and, and, and doing educational presentations. And that again is, is not something I, I'd anticipated I'd be doing. Never thought I'd, I'd kind of be doing almost like a, a training type scenario. But now I'm, comf- I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable in doing it. Um, really enjoy it. Really enjoy the interaction, the engagement. And, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's opened up so many kind of different doors to me, really. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm so, so happy for you because I know how lost you were. And, um, and I love, you know, obviously, picking the odd message tonight. And, um, yeah. It's, um, and seeing what you're doing and what you're up to on LinkedIn and, and knowing how lost you were at, at that point you know, a little while back and, uh, yeah, so happy for you. So happy. It's incredible. And that journey you've been on is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, you know, sometimes it's just like, you know, you, you are lucky being in the right place at the right time. And, but I think, I think what the value it shows is, is your network. hundred percent. And, yeah, and, and having, that, those, yeah. having those connections, because if I, if I hadn't, you know, John and I worked together back in 2003, 2004 at Hackney, and I, I hadn't seen John because I then connected with him on LinkedIn. Um, I mean, my, my LinkedIn, I've got, I've got, literally got thousands. I've got too many connections if I'm being honest now because it becomes a little bit mm. too hard to manage. But, you know, what I would say, my advice around that is don't just connect with ex-cops. Uh, and I, I know that might sound a little bit bad, but I did it early on because I'd no, I'd no knowledge of how to, how to network. I'd no knowledge of how to utilize LinkedIn. Be focused around who you connect with. You, you know, look at look at you know the people that are. And I know you you've said it. We you've done it on previous podcasts, I think. And I'm trying to think of some of the ones you you've done where you talk about look look for people in roles or at companies where you think you want to work, and then mm-hmm. you'll always find someone. And and by and large, most people are, are happy to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes yeah, people are you know, in, in busy roles and they maybe don't come back to you. And work, but you'll always find, I think, generally. Most people, I mean, I, I certainly identify people in it, not most of my network of, of, of ex-cops that are in corporate roles. I mean, I never, never had any knowledge of, never worked mm. with them, but I've seen, a, you know, straight away, okay, so they're, they're ex-law enforcement and they're now working for Coca-Cola, for example, and I, I'm interested mm. in, in essentially working there. So let's connect. And, you know, I think I said, you know, most, most people, most people, when you just drop a, always drop an introductory message, always connect with them, I, yeah. follow up, just, you know, hi, this is me. You know, we share a, you know, a, a similar background. This is why I'm connecting. And, and most of the time, most people respond. Sometimes yeah. people don't, but, you know, that's, that's just the way of the world. Yeah, no, I, I think that's brilliant, mate. It's great advice. Um, can you tell us just a little bit more about your role and what, I don't know what you can tell us and what you can't, to be honest, mate, but, uh, but if you could tell us just a little bit more about your role, just so people can understand um, what it is that you've done previously and how it fits this particular role, you know, sure. to do with the investigations and intel and risk advisory, that sort of stuff. It'd be great to yeah. know just a little bit more about that. So, I mean, if you know, if you go back and you know, to kind of my my background in policing, it was very much like you know, a lot of us. It's it's managing risk on a daily basis. 
Um, it's it's looking at you know analyzing intelligence for me as a as an investigator, looking at intelligence leads, looking at investigative leads. How do we go about solving that problem? Uh, how do we develop a picture about someone? Um, you know, if you you know my my last kind of role is always like looking at those subjects that are, that are involved in serious and organised crime. So looking at looking at the person, looking at who's around them, building that profile. Whether it's lifestyle surveillance, whether it's you know seeing who are they associating with, what's their routines, you know where 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 are we we going to find an opportunity to to kind of you know develop into to try and you know obviously catch them you know, doing what they're doing. So with football, it, 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 it's adopting a similar process. So it's, you know, you're taking a, a football player, you're just looking at, at building building that picture around them, looking at what, what potential risks there are, um, you know, in their in their life, that whether that's through relationships or activity or behaviour, um, and just presenting that to to the, the key stakeholders in, you know, in the football decision-making process when it comes to, you know, are they going to sign this player for five million, twenty-five million? You know, is there something in the background that 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 they should they need to be aware of? Uh, and also, I mean, we when we first started, we very much looked at it from a risk background because that's our background is is all default, isn't it? It's like there's a risk to everything we do. You know, whether it's turning up a scene and managing that scene or managing that scenario or conducting an investigation, making those decisions, there's always that that kind of risk is always at the back of our mind. Or, you know, it was always at the forefront of our, our thoughts around, okay, if I don't do this, what is the risk? Um, and sometimes it's critical risk, it's life-threatening risk. And 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 when you transfer that into the outside world, I always, I always kind of laugh. I kind of People get a little bit kind of animated around, oh, there's some scenarios happened. And I don't, there's a, I've got a former colleague who was a senior officer in the man. The first thing he, always, he said, I always say to them, okay, is anyone going to get killed in the next 30 minutes? No. Okay. So we can say we can take yeah. a breath, we can relax, and we can then you know yeah. rationally discuss it. So we looked at a risk, but what what we've kind of very quickly learned from people in football, they want to find out information about character, uh, about you know is is that player going to be the right fit for their football club? Is he going to you know can they make that transitional in you know environment wise from where they are? You know, and when you you know you could be talking about a player from overseas in South America or, or Europe or North Africa coming into uh, a, an English football club, and you know, I, I suppose people, you know, we, we we a lot of us are football fans, and we just sort of see our oh, big numbers and the players coming across and da da da. But these are still human beings; they they they're still you like no different to you and I. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they are they are on big contracts, and I see it a lot differently because I I look at it and think, okay, so that player is, is coming in to a football club, what is it that's in their background that may prevent them from being successful? So it's identifying, looking at what their scenario is, what their environment, what their relationships are. When they come to the UK, you know, if it's, if it's an English club, and well, we do work with clubs of Europe now, so we've got a different kind of slant on, on where we're going. But what what is it that's around them that, that the football club needs to know about to make sure they're settled so that when they come into work, and football is work, Believe it or not, it's the same as everyone else. They're getting paid to do a job. What's going to make? What's going to help them settle in and perform to the best of their capabilities? So, so we we very much approach it as a, a holistic investigative approach, as we as we would have done in in law enforcement, and even with other corporate investigations. I now do with Silver Seal, so we do other stuff as I, I do other stuff as well. But taking it as an investigation investigative approach, looking at everything that we can try and find out lawfully about the player to build a picture to present that as a profile 
almost dossier report to a football club and say that's everything that we think you need to know about the player, mm. everything around them, people around them. And and yeah, identifying risk, but not saying we're not here to say don't sign a football, don't sign mm. a, a player. We're here to provide a full I wouldn't say an evidential package, but probably no different to what we mm. you know if you talk about how the parallels, yeah, for me, you know, if I was taking the case to court, is getting that evidence gathering, that intelligence gathering that I put the package when we turn up at court at Crown Court on day one, we know we've got everything that we need to to run the prosecution. Um so it's 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 adopting that similar kind of processes, I mm. guess. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And you've explained that so well because you've made it crystal clear the sort of skill set that you had previously and how it fits what you're doing now. And um and something that clearly had a gap as well. So you found an amazing niche as well where there was a gap. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's still it's 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 it can be a little bit frustrating. Sometimes we 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 struggle to make traction, you know, as quickly as we'd like. But I think football is a it's a very different industry. I mean, it's a totally different industry to to policing. But then, in some ways, we we still come across the same character type of characters and egos and and things. And and it, but it's it's one of those industries that's it's very um, it keeps things close to its chest. It doesn't like to change much. <laughs> Does that sound like policing? Yeah, <laughs> it's familiar, yeah. yeah. So um, you know, and adopting new pro- new processes and and you know whilst. People in football, they, you know, they, we, we talk to them about what, well, what's your, what's your terms of reference? What are you looking to achieve? What is it you're missing that you want us to try and help you find out? And we quite often get they, oh well, we do a bit of this ourselves, and you know, I go in and I do a presentation and explain our background, what our pedigree is, what our expertise, how we do things, what value we can bring. And sometimes we get, oh yeah, we we got people to do that, and I say, okay, so so who's that then? Oh, someone in our recruitment team, and. Uh, uh, so well, what what do they do? Oh, yeah, well, they go and Google. Enhanced Google searching is not investigation. Mm. You know, we I, I, for people in our world, we should know that from day mm. one. But sometimes that's that's a challenge in getting the message across as to why they should use people with our expertise mm. and experience. But that's just because again, it's something maybe new that's that's coming into football that hasn't been there before, and mm. things take time, you know, to evolve. Um, but I think, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm very big on trying to sell myself to the people I speak to, to say, look, you know, this is me. This is what I'm about. This is my pedigree. This is my skills. This is my expertise. This is what I've done previously. And this is how I will use all of that to try and give you the best product and best service. Yeah. Brilliant. And I love the fact that, um, you know, you, you, that you can continue with this. And obviously with Blue Cube as well. And then, but the work you're doing, like you said earlier, you know, we talk about courses and stuff, is setting you up potentially for a further career where you almost reinvent yourself again and you could move into project management or business. Or, you know what I mean? It's it's, uh, it's it's fantastic. I absolutely love business development and I, oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Well done, mate. You should be yeah, really proud I, of yourself, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I must admit, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't sort of see it putting a pat, pat, pat myself on the back because so I'm not that kind of person. But, yeah, you know, I'm in a far, far better place than when you and I probably spoke about two, two, two and a half years mm. ago. Mm. Um, you know, not you know, not really knowing where I wanted to be, where where best to put myself, and and sometimes it's, you know these things fall into place, and, and they have done. But I've, I've also worked very hard Make in the role I am to 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 get that to a stage because we so we started from nothing. We started from an idea. Okay, so how do we progress that idea? How do we how do we understand what football does? How do we understand the characters? You know the information that's valuable, 
and how do we go about that and how do we you know then start presenting it um and and get people to buy in um and and you know again a, a massive big learning curve but you know i'm i'm in a totally different place to where i was 18 months ago and and the skills and the expertise i've now learned in those 18 months as you say i can now you know if if things ever change with silver seal or i went to go in a different direction i've now got a whole range of, of different things under my belt that i didn't have 18 months ago that that yeah. will help me achieve that next step wherever that may be yeah i bet there's there's two things actually so i bet the first thing i'll bet there's loads of people listening to this who are now thinking oh i wonder what niche what i can do with my skill set and you know maybe with so-and-so who i know you know we can we can work together and we can maybe go into this organization or we can go to into this sport. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's uh, I, I think this is going to create a lot of thought for a lot of yeah. people. I think it's just brilliant. So I, I, I said, I mean, listen, you know, I, I can't keep on kind of going on about it. I, I had no clue what, where I was going at 2018. Mm-hmm. I really, you know, for the first, you know, even, you know, 18 months after that conversation mm-hmm. we were having. And I think um, sometimes people do need a little bit of help. You know, and that's that's why what what you do with this group is is invaluable to those kind of people. And it, and it, you know, if I if if this had been in my life in 2018, that would have helped me far more to get maybe to where I, I wanted to be earlier. Um, but you know, you use the use the group. I always say, I mean, listen, everyone says it on on there. You say it. Use the group. Use people in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, be humble. And and you know I, I'm always happy. I've had people approach me off of off the back of uh, posts and things I've said, and yeah. I'm always happy to have those conversations and always happy to help because I've been there. Yeah. You know, I've been there, not, not knowing you know where best to put myself uh, or how to do it. And I think um, now I'm outside. It's a lot different. When you're still in policing, it, it became you know we we almost become in that kind of comfort bubble. We just think yeah. we just think policing. And and I can understand, and I and and I and I empathise with people that are in that scenario, thinking, how the heck do I make that jump? And and a lot of us we we get sucked in, don't we? The effect, oh, it's a pension, yeah. You know, um, I think I think if you you know now it, it's it's not critical. It, it, best advice I give to people, maybe not towards the end of the service, because if you've worked that hard and that long to get there, then there. maybe yeah. yeah, see, try and see it through. But if you're if you're you know only halfway through. Trust me, the pension is not the be-all, end-all because you can go into private industry and you will get jobs and you will progress and become remunerated. Where all of a sudden you'll just you'll be earning far more that the pension just becomes a, an afterthought. You don't, you, you know, mm. it's not it's not critical. So don't don't get don't get sort of wrapped on thinking, oh, what about the pension? Uh, but think about you know what I what have I got in my skill set? What have I got in my locker? And how do I exhibit that and example that and and that's where you know speaking people like us, you Charlotte Eve, yeah. using those kind of people. That's that that will help you get to where you want to be. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I really appreciate your time, and I really appreciate you being in the group and offering your knowledge and expertise there as well, and commenting and, and offering uh, you know offering your help for people as well. So thank you for that, mate. It's um, and it's it's, no, it's, a, a pleasure. it's a great story, and I, and you know I've been dying to get you on here, but um, <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic story. It really is, and and I just love the fact you've gone from you know from having no idea what you want to do into such an amazing role, and in fact, a couple of roles now. You got obviously Blue Cube as well, still. So well done, mate. You should be incredibly proud. No, I appreciate. It. I mean, yeah. Listen, and thank and thanks to people like yourself that helped me through the dark days because there were there You're were welcome, some mate. there were some 
there were some low moments and 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 you know i know i know i, I see and hear the other people talking about that and uh you know it's it, it's not always easy and and some point you know sometimes i get frustrated when i see people sort of making comments and stuff and listen you don't know you don't know people's individual personal circumstances of, no. of what's going on in their life and um you know if people are, are, are trying to reach out for help then you know let, let's do our best to help them and um, yeah, definitely. you know as i said i'm i'm always open to it you know i'm on, I'm, on, I'm easy to find on linkedin well i was just going to um, ask that so if, if people want yeah. to connect with you what's the best way of doing it linkedin's easy because uh, I'm I'm on there all the time, and I've got I, I've obviously got an email as well. And some, someone wants to do it that way, they can. But to, just pop me a line on LinkedIn because it's at the moment it's a lot easier to manage than um, with the messaging than than, than emails. Because I've got about three yeah. different email accounts now with um, Silver Seal, Blue Cube, and and personal email. Yeah, personal, so uh, yeah, of course, yeah, LinkedIn. I mean, having said that, not everyone's on LinkedIn. So if if you know, they can always approach you for for my contact details, and, no and you know, I'm happy to, to share them. It's no problem at all. Great stuff. Thank you for that, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thanks ever so much, Neil. Top man. No, it's, it's, it's a pleasure, mate. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Always, uh, you you always had a lot of time for me back in the day, and I know you still do for other people. So uh, Thanks, more than happy to re- to return the favour. Brilliant. Cheers, buddy. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers, Andy. So as always, massive thanks to uh, to my guest today, Neil brilliant interview i really hope you found that as much fun as i did and uh, he's just so honest about uh, what he'd been doing and the way he felt and the challenges that he was going through both in his personal life and obviously how lost he felt as well and, and just how things have moved on it's an incredibly inspiring story so uh, so thanks so much for neil for his time um if you like what you've heard then uh, please leave a review and you can do that on spotify or on an apple and it really helps if you do because it just means that this gets more reach it gets ranked and uh, those that really need to hear it can find it You can also join the private Facebook group, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Blue Light Levers. And there's loads of information and freebie resources there. You can also go to the Blue Light Levers uh, website as well. As always, massive thanks to uh, Sam from Right Royal Audio for for editing this and, and cutting out my mistakes as always. And again, huge thanks to you for listening. It makes a massive difference. And uh, when I get the messages from people saying how much uh, it's made a difference to them and how much help and support it's given them and how much belief it's given them in the fact that they can actually move on to do other things. It makes such a difference. It really does. I love it. It makes me very happy. That's it for now. We'll speak to you in due course. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Speak to you soon.